Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Spencer Brudig. I'm Will Johnson. I'm Jessica Knoll. This show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. This week on True Crime Chronicles. I think there was the attitude that, well, she died in the fire. You know, that that, that was kind of the attitude of investigators at that point, that, that she just, she had died. There's a house on a street in a New Orleans neighborhood called The Back House. It's called that by family members because it's waiting for someone to come home to come back. Someone who vanished over 35 years ago. A little girl who was just three years old when she disappeared. Her name is Ramona Brown. Her family said that she was just the sweetest little girl. Um, They loved having her in the house. You know, she was only two and three years old and they had a lot of kids. But Ramona was one that, you know, they said just had the most fantastic smile, had the most fantastic personality and disposition. And, you know, she was really close to her grandmother as well. Her grandmother, Dorothy Nickerson, remembers the last night she saw Ramona. She regrets not keeping her safe. I wish they would have stayed with me. They would have stayed with me. But they had to go home. Katie Moore is an investigative reporter and anchor at WWL-TV in New Orleans. She's done extensive research and reporting on the case of Ramona Brown. She just wept talking about the fact that she wanted to stay the night at her grandmother's house. And she wasn't able to that night because of the fact that they had Mardi Gras going on the next day and they were going to parades and things. And um, Grandma was just devastated by the fact that she wasn't at her house. It was March 6, 1984, and Ramona went back home. To a large rambling home where she lived with nine siblings and her mother and father, Johnny May and Aubrey Brown. That night, Ramona sleeps in her room, her brother Joseph in his room, the rest of her brothers and sisters in the den and dining room on the first floor, ten sleeping children and their parents. And as they sleep, a fire breaks out. Neighbor Gary Olson remembers getting a knock on his door. Oh, it was a nasty night. It was really cold. There was a drizzle. There was a big knock on the front door, and the lady from next door was hollering and crying, I need help, I need help. My babies are inside. And I went out to look, and by the time I walked to the corner of the house, there was nothing, you know, it was, I couldn't get a hose or anything. Uh, So I ran back inside, and I called 911. Neighbors report seeing flames coming out of the girl's bedroom where Ramona slept for sweeping through the rest of the house. The house was completely destroyed. There were some bricks in the front of it. You could describe it as kind of a a shell um, without a roof. Uh, Just parts of the four walls that were there before the fire tore through. And um, it, it was a devastating fire for sure. Ramona's older sister is one of the seven children who escaped from the house. And it just was coming down like coming coming fire just everywhere and all you could hear was um mom dad help me please you know for hours and hours on that cold mardi gras morning new orleans firefighters battle the flames but the house is destroyed and in the wreckage they find the remains of ramona's two young brothers 
six-year-old Aubrey Jr., and two-year-old Kevin. When they found them, they found Aubrey, which is older than Kevin, found the 100% bones, and Aubrey was hugging Kevin. I guess he was trying to protect him from the fire. The parents and seven children are all accounted for, and the bones and remains of Ramona's two brothers are recovered in the wreckage, along with skeletal remains of another body. But it turns out to be the remains of a dog or cat. What they can't find is any sign of Ramona. So that's what created this mystery in a lot of people's minds because they went back multiple days to try and sift through the ash to try and find any evidence of Ramona. They even found the body of a cat, but they did not find Ramona. Volunteers gather and join investigators looking for the little girl, searching the neighborhood around the house. New Orleans Police Chief Henry Morris directs the search, digging through the ashes and scouring the streets. Just have to uncover whatever's here and just go ahead through the whole building. And uh, everything's so consumed, uh, you know, slim possibility if we can find anything at all. Well, we're going to give it our best shot. New Orleans police at the end of this and the New Orleans Fire Department at the end of the multiple days of searching. They had community members from all across New Orleans coming to try and sift through the ashes. They even, you know, went through the neighborhood, going through the different wooded areas that were around the house. It was somewhat of a subdivision that was partially developed at that point. And so there were some wooded areas, places with trees, places where if Ramona had crawled out of the house, there's the possibility that she could have hidden in there. Um, So they had volunteer groups from all over the city coming with them to try and go through the neighborhood, you know, inch by inch, foot by foot, corner by corner to try and figure out if they could find some trace of her, if she had been carried away by an animal or any scenario that you can think of in your mind. Retired New Orleans firefighter Al Juno remembers the search. We took each section in the street, like the square block, like a square. We did this square and you could eliminate it. If there was a ditch, we went through it. High weeds, we walked through it. If there was a trash can, we looked in it. If there was a log, we rolled it over. Whatever we could do to figure where would a three-year-old child go to. Arson is not ruled out as a possible cause of the fire. New Orleans police arson investigator Harry Mendoza is put in charge of finding Ramona's remains. Immediate orders were to return to the scene and to bring all the resources I had available to me immediately to that scene and to begin to do an excavation of the scene to determine where that child's body was. But could Ramona's remains have burned to just ashes? According to investigators, that's possible, but unlikely. Brant Thompson is Louisiana's chief deputy state deputy fire marshal today. Really inconceivable to think that in a house fire, uh, all that um, existed of a human being, even a child between the ages of three and four, would be completely consumed by that fire. There very likely would have been bone fragments left. It's like when you cremate someone's remains in a crematory. There are still bits and pieces of people's bones that are left, bone fragments and things, that they should have been able to find, especially given that they thought they knew where Ramona was sleeping and all that. From the experts that I talked to, and I talked to a bunch of them, it's highly unusual. It is possible that that could happen. It could have burned so hot to a temperature that, you know, would have been normally unfathomable, but um, they said that was unlikely. Arson investigator Harry Mendoza talked to the experts, too, confirming how unlikely it would be for Ramona's remains to completely disappear. His information to me at the time was that it took 1,800 
to 2,800 degrees for two and a half hours to be able to consume a body, and that even after two and a half hour exposure to fire, they would still be bone fragments and bones that would be identifiable as human. Firefighter Al Juno can't get over the fact that other skeletal remains were found, but not Ramona's. Even a small dog was burned hideously. There was a part there. It was something that indicated it was a dog or a cat. Why wouldn't there be a human being there? Ramona's mother, Johnny May, watches and prays as investigators sift and dig and search parties look for the little girl. But there's no sign of her. They had a lot of people helping out and, you know, looking in the woods and all in there. But it never was nothing they see that they found of her that was in the house that should have been there. But in the awful blur of that morning, as Ramona's house burns to the ground, her big sister, Simona, remembers seeing her sister outside the house. Katie Moore describes what Simona tells her about that day. When I first met Simona, she that was one of the things that she told me. She said, you know, I'm hoping that you can help me find my sister. I think she was kidnapped after this fire that killed my two brothers in 1984. My little sister, Ramona, she was with us. She was with us. I have a recollection of a gold-colored Cadillac pulling up at the scene of the fire, and everybody was helping each other at that time. And this person said... I'll take the baby, I'll I'll help you with the baby, which she was talking about Ramona. And Simona says she vividly recalls Ramona getting into the car. You know, we all took a walk just to get some fresh air. A bronze Cadillac just pulled up. And you know, everybody was helping because that's what we do in this neighborhood. We help one another. Old black man, old white lady. They was like, Uh, We'll watch it for y'all. So it was like, okay, cool, you know. We thought it was just being helpful and friendly. So after that, we haven't seen my little sister since. Now, Simona is the only one of her sisters that, or brothers that recalls seeing any sign of Ramona after the fire. Nobody else saw any sign of her. But Simona has this vivid memory of this gold-colored Cadillac pulling up at the scene. But at the time, Simona didn't tell police about the car pulling up and her sister getting inside. If the family knew... The little girl's sighting didn't seem to register in the aftermath of the fire, with two children dead and another missing. Arson investigator Harry Mendoza. No one ever told me that they saw her after the fire. And um, to be completely candid with you, you know, uh, extraordinary things have happened. Um, At the time, I might not, you know, I, I don't recall ever thinking that she had survived that fire. But Ramona's mother, Johnny May, says her daughter, Simona, never let go of the memory, and her story never changed. When Simona uh, got a little older, and I asked her again to be sure what she told me when she was small, when she was seven years old, what happened, or did you really see what happened about the fire? She told me the same story. There's another strange twist to the disappearance of Ramona Brown. In the days after the house was destroyed and Ramona went missing, her grandmother gets a phone call. Somebody said, Ma, I said, who is this? Al. I said, Al, where you at? I didn't hear no more. She remembers getting a phone call from somebody who said, Hey, Ma, it's Al. And Al was her nickname. And the only people who called her Al were members of the family. And so she thought maybe it was somebody pranking her at first. But then once she heard that nickname, she was like, oh, my goodness, you know, I think this is Ramona. And then she says the phone went dead after that. 
But again, the phone call isn't reported. Police never get the chance to follow up. I never received any information about any, any information concerning a phone call or anything that would indicate that, that Ramona had survived or that she had, had been a, a victim of a foul play or a kidnapping or anything like that. The family at the time kind of had checked out on it. Like, they didn't really know what to do with that information. So I don't know that they necessarily took it as seriously as as they would have. After they were done with all of that searching, basically the fire department said to the family, you can file a police report that's a missing persons report if you want. But in this situation, when you know that you have or you think you have a fatality, normally the case would have been handed to the homicide unit and a homicide case would have been opened. Well, that didn't happen in this case. So basically, it just died with the end of the search. Ramona's brothers, Kevin and Aubrey Jr., are buried in a cemetery down the street from the home and where the blaze took place. A memorial was put in place for Ramona. But the impact on Ramona's family in the years after the fire was devastating, a loss that would be unimaginable to any parent. You talk to the family members, and and when I talk to Johnny Mae Brown, who has since passed away um, of cancer, she said, I, I kind of lost it. You know, I, I was so grief stricken at the time that I had to get counseling. I had to get help. You know, I just, I sort of checked out because she lost three of her kids in one night. I just can't even imagine what it's like to have to deal with that. As Katie Moore started digging into Ramona's story a few years ago, she quickly realized getting information about the fire and the investigation would be tough. The records are incomplete because of Hurricane Katrina. So what I was able to get from New Orleans police is really the extent of whatever what I was able to find. The New Orleans Fire Department report was flooded during Katrina. And so that was one of those records that we're never going to get to see again. But with the renewed spotlight on the case, family members found new energy and maybe even hope. Especially Simona with her memory of that car taking Ramona away. One of the family members actually went down to NOPD once they said, you know, you can still file a missing persons case. They went down to NOPD and actually filed a report. And so that reopened the case and enabled them to do things like take DNA and put it in the national database for missing and exploited children um, just to see if maybe there was a chance that Ramona's might be in there and they might find a match. Unfortunately, that match has not yet been made, but her DNA is in the database. And that means a match could happen someday. Katie Moore spoke to Michelle Erkenbrack at Ancestry.com about how it works. So we sent four samples of DNA from the Brown family. Only one, Johnny Mae Brown's, was able to be tested. Unfortunately, it got no immediate family member hits. So where do we go from here? What happens now is going forward, as other people take the test, as more and more people hear about Ancestry DNA, um, our database is growing every day. And every new person that takes the test is compared to all 4 million other people that have taken the test. And those new matches are updated every day. How does Ancestry's science compare to law enforcement's? Um, when we analyze someone's DNA, we're looking at 700,000 different markers um, in their genetic sequence, and we compare it to specific panels that tell us where in the world they came from, um, and then based on the amount of DNA that they share that overlaps, we know how closely they're related. So the process of analyzing DNA and kind of the science behind it is very similar, but our database is a consumer database. 
So if Ramona Brown is out there around age 36, she was raised by an interracial couple and she has questions and she puts her DNA into that database years down the line, we could still find a match between her and Johnny Mae Brown. Yeah. In addition to the DNA samples, Katie Moore also worked with experts to create an age progression of Ramona Brown, giving us an idea of what she might look like today. We had an age progression done by an expert um, using photos of um, the one photo that we had of Ramona and then a photo of the sister who everyone said she looked the most like. Um, So we used a picture of Tansy Nickerson, her sister, and had an age progression done of what she might look like now. So if she didn't die in that fire, if that's the reason why her remains were never found, the family holds on to hope that she's still out there somewhere. She would just have no idea, you know, that she had this family that she never knew about who was so desperate to just see her, hold her, hug her, you know, meet her again. It would be amazing for them to reunite. Katie Moore knows it's a long shot that Ramona Brown could still be alive. I I go back and forth on it. One minute I think, you know what, she probably died in the fire and it's just a tragic, tragic thing. And then on the other hand, I think, well, maybe she is still out there somewhere. And that's what makes me continue to try and, you know, get the word out about it. And I think the family is hopeful as well. The neighborhood where Ramona's family house burned to the ground has changed over the years. Empty lots have been filled with new homes and construction. Ramona's house was eventually rebuilt and given that designation of a back home, a place where someday Ramona could return. And to this day, people like Chief Deputy State Fire Marshal Brant Thompson, arson investigator Harry Mendoza, and retired firefighter Al Juno still question the lack of evidence in the case. I'm no medical doctor, but, but the bone matter becomes much more rigid and more dense, and we would expect to find um, larger bones. I just never could give an answer. I can't give an answer today. Where is Ramona? If I had to testify, put my hand on the Bible, the child wasn't in the house. Hi, True Crime Chronicle listeners. I'm Will Johnson. I want to tell you about another podcast we're listening to. It's about Jimmy Hoffa. When you hear the name Jimmy Hoffa, you probably think of the former Teamster boss's iconic disappearance. But his story is much more than a murder mystery. It's a story about power, loyalty, and betrayal, organized labor, and organized crime. It's a story about how far people will go to get what they want. Once you start looking into Hoffa, you find yourself down a rabbit hole of dark tunnels. You look at the Teamsters Union, and you end up with Richard Nixon, Bobby Kennedy, and the JFK assassination. All of these roads lead us back to Hoffa's obsession with power. There was nothing he would do to have it and hold on to it. Once he lost everything, how far would he go to get it back? The fourth season of Shattered, all about Jimmy Hoffa, begins December 3rd. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com odyssey. So, Will, were they ever able to rule out arson, or what was the cause of the fire? Yeah, so early on there was talk of 
arson as a possibility as it relates to the cause of the house fire back in 1984. Maybe a space heater that had malfunctioned and started the fire located in Ramona Brown's room. However, as Katie Moore mentions, the records related to this fire were destroyed in Hurricane Katrina. And we don't have a lot of details today about the investigation or or what they, they learned at the time, other than what people remember. And Will, I keep going back to the bones that weren't or were found, right? So there were multiple human remains, a small animal, and they even found an even smaller animal, correct? Right. Uh, they found the two brothers huddled together tragically, uh, the remains of those two brothers uh, who died in the fire. Uh, they found, as we've mentioned, a small animal, a dog or a cat, and they actually found the remains of a of a mouse, according to one of the investigators on the scene. So, yeah, I mean, the, the investigation and the amount of time they spent going through the ashes and sifting through the wreckage of that awful house fire, um, that was by no means a short amount of time that was spent doing that. You know, I go back and forth, uh, like Katie Moore mentions on this story. It's possible her remains were missed, but they certainly searched a lot. You got to think that if, if they found something as minute as mouse bones, they they were pretty thorough, it would seem. Yeah, exactly. And maybe, you know, it's been suggested that the hoses, the fire hoses, and fighting the fire, they, they blew away uh, Ramona's remains, or they just didn't find them. But yeah, uh, you know, and then you hear the story from the sister about this elderly couple in a car and offering to give Ramona Brown a ride. It's all pretty mysterious. Yeah, but if she didn't die in the fire, then the alternative is that she is out in the world today or she's being held by this mysterious couple. It's it's uh, m- doesn't seem nearly as likely as her just dying in the fire. Well, yeah, I mean, that's an angle. Maybe not that she's being held by someone, but that she was taken by uh, a couple at a young age, kidnapped, and has grown up not knowing uh, the r- truth about herself, about who she is, what her name is, or where she came from. And she would be 39, maybe almost 40 now. There's a, there's an age progression, right, that, that people can look at to see if they recognize her. Yeah, Katie Moore actually uh, worked with a photographer. It took some time to find uh, the right person, but they found someone who was able to do an age progression with one of Ramona's Photos. There weren't a lot of photos of Ramona, but they did have one, and uh, they were able to basically show what she would look like today. You know, the family has that now. They have the DNA that's been provided. As we mentioned, there's no match yet. There could be one down the road. And interestingly, you know, recently someone actually called. The family still gets this kind of thing. Someone called and says, well, maybe I'm Ramona Brown. The family is certainly doing their due diligence on that and looking into it to see if there's any truth there. But it's just another level to the mystery. You know, this is a story that's not super well-known outside New Orleans. Katie Moore with WWL did her investigative series a few years back, and it got a good amount of attention around New Orleans. But outside of New Orleans, I don't know if it's really well-known. We will keep our listeners updated if we hear anything about this, if there's any more news of Ramona Brown or a possible match with that DNA We'll keep you posted. Thanks to Katie Moore at WWL in New Orleans. And Jessica, where can people learn more about us? We are on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
under Vault Studios and inside the Crime Vault. And you can also join a group uh, we have on Facebook called Inside the Crime Vault, where we discuss this and other cases. And we invite you to join that discussion and bring in some of your own cases you think we should look at. And we'll be back next week with a new case and a new story.